Hello and welcome to the Contentment Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Eve Giovanna, and together we're going to navigate this overwhelming modern world by discussing topics such as spirituality, mental health, enjoying your own company, and much more, all in the hopes that you can find some contentment and inner peace with your authentic self. Good morning everyone, welcome back to another episode, hope you're all doing well. It is Sunday morning and the sky's a little bit blue outside, there's some birds chirping and that makes me happy. Since I've moved back to Manchester, it has rained pretty much every single day that I've been here, which I do love the rain, it is very atmospheric, but... I do love a really nice crispy blue sky as well and it kind of makes it hard to go outside all the time because when I go outside I'll just get soaking wet so it's a bit inconvenient. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a life update and then I'm going to move on to this week's topic but if you don't want to hear the life update I'll put timestamps in the show notes so you know when to skip ahead to. So I remember saying I think it was maybe last episode or the episode before that I was having some time off from work because I was feeling burnt out and exhausted. I am back at work this week and things are a lot better. I feel like I really needed that time off because since I've been back at work, I feel like capable to be able to do my job. And what I found was before I went off sick a couple of weeks ago, at work I was just so fragile and so on the edge and they would ask me to do that one tiny thing and I would just cry and that was really um a big sign for me to think "Mm, yeah maybe I need some time off because I'm I'm literally crying and somebody's asking me to do a very small simple task having that time off was definitely the right thing to do I feel so well rested and I feel like I just needed to like recalibrate my mind and my body and my soul because I felt so burnt out and exhausted and depleted of energy that I felt like I couldn't get myself back on track, if that makes sense. I just couldn't get myself back into a mentally stable place to be able to try and think about, okay, well, how am I going to solve this problem in my life? How am I going to try and make things better? Whereas now I've had a couple of weeks or maybe it was like three weeks to just completely rest like my mind and my body and my soul I've been able to recharge and now I can think a little bit more about the future and like what changes am I going to make so I can make myself a little bit happier I suppose what I've learned from this time off of well is that it is so important to be able to recognize and appreciate yeah I actually do need some time off because my mental well-being is not in a good place I do still think there is unfortunately stigma about, you know, mental illness not being the same as physical illness and you shouldn't take time off in the way that you should, you know, when you're physically unwell. But I am here to reaffirm that you should take your mental illnesses just as seriously as your physical illnesses. And if you feel like, you know, you're mentally unwell, then you need to take time off and don't listen to what other people think. If that's how you feel, that is how you feel and that's valid. So I suppose another life update, well it's not really a life update but this is just what I've been up to. I went to the Peak District yesterday and I went to Grindleford and that was nice. I think the reason why I went is because I've not been on like a, a big walk in 
one of the national parks in a while and I was just really craving it. And also, I woke up yesterday and I was just feeling like violently anxious, which is not nice. But I'm not really surprised because I think there is still going to be some sort of like hangover effect from, you know, feeling mentally unwell the past few weeks slash past few months and things are not going to be like all better just because I've had a few weeks off. Don't get me wrong, I do feel a lot better, but I'm not really expecting myself to be fully better now that I've had a few weeks off. I think things are still just going to come in waves and that's okay. So I woke up not feeling my best yesterday and I just thought, instead of sitting around and feeling sorry for myself all day and just feeling my feelings... I am going to get up and distract myself and try and shift this mood a little bit. And I'm glad that I did because even though it didn't make me feel like magically cured, it still felt like it relieved some of my anxious thoughts and feelings. I think for me, when I am having an anxious day, it's a balance of, you know, recognising and embracing and insane with those feelings for a little while but then also like trying to move forward and maybe try and shift my mood a little bit um and try and distract myself because for me personally I don't think it is helpful to sit around for too long and obsess about how I'm thinking and feeling because sometimes there isn't really a reason for it it just happens and I don't want to overthink that I have this phrase that I say to myself sometimes or it's kind of like a mantra and it sounds so simple but I just say to myself it is what it is because sometimes especially if you're an overthinker like me you can try and obsess over a situation or a feeling or some thoughts and try and really figure out like what the root of the problem is but sometimes something is just it is what it is and like it's better to accept it for what it is and try and move on from it. Okay, so I feel like I've talked enough about my life updates. Now I'm going to move on. So today's episode is all about self-care and I'm just going to basically share what I do for my own self-care practices, what I do to look after my mental and physical health. So I am feeling mentally and physically balanced, you could say. And For me, what is really important with my mental health and the feelings that I strive for is feeling calm, feeling grounded, feeling present and just feeling like I've not got this like restless energy where I want to like escape or I feel like I should be doing something else if that makes any sense at all. I was a little hesitant to do this episode and I'm going to tell you why. So I feel like a lot of the time now that we have like social media and we live in the age of information, everybody is sharing a lot of like self-care tips and advice and just general ways of looking after like your spiritual, your mental well-being. And sometimes I do think that that can cause like information overload and so many of us become overwhelmed because we're like, okay, well, we don't actually know what to do because there's not enough time to do all of these things that everyone's telling us is essential. So I have this internal battle with myself sometimes where I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to add to the information overload However, this is something that I am interested in and I'm passionate about and I want to make a hobby out of it, express myself in some way with regard to this type of information and, you know, maybe make a living out of it someday. So it's tough one really. It's I think what I'm trying to say is that this is my pre-warning message that 
I'm not telling you that you need to do all of these things to make your life better in some way. I'm just saying that the things that I'm sharing today and the things that I do for self-care are what make me feel my best. And this has been like years of trial and error and figuring out what is my own personal recipe for me to feel um, my best or good on a daily basis. And this is not necessarily going to be what makes you feel best. I'm just sharing this in case, I don't know, you're interested or you want some inspiration or maybe you're just starting out on like your, I want to look after myself more, but I'm not really sure where to start. Journey. <laughs> I suppose what I found with myself over the years of trial and error with trying out lots of different things that help me feel like mentally and physically balanced, that, you know, I'll pick up something, I'll try it and I'll think, mm, okay, yeah, maybe that doesn't work for me. And there has been points where I've been like, mm, why doesn't it work for me? But then I've come to the conclusion that like, everybody is so different and all of our bodies and minds are so different. And we all just need to create our own personal recipe to what helps us all feel our best. Now, the first thing that I wanted to talk about, which may seem really obvious, but is so essential to me is exercise and movement. Movement is medicine is the truest mantra that I've ever heard in my life. And if I didn't exercise and do some sort of movement every day, I would feel so like restless and fidgety and I would just have like anxious energy and I would not feel good. My relationship with exercise has evolved so much over time. When I was a kid, I think I liked exercise. I was quite active. I loved like Irish dancing and just playing outside with my friends. I was quite quite an active child. And then I got to being a teenager and I was like, oh, I absolutely hate all forms of movement and exercise, which I think a lot of teenagers do. And then I got one and then I got to my time at university and I started to think, hmm, yeah, I do have a lot of restless, anxious energy and many people are telling me that exercise will help that, so I should try and give it a go. So I started doing yoga and that definitely really helped. It just helps me feel like calm and grounded and I feel like stretching your body is one of the nicest feelings ever. So I started off doing those 30 day yoga challenges with yoga with Adrian and I absolutely love those not sure if I ever finished the 30 days but still I did it quite regularly and that made me feel so good and it made me feel so happy um and then I started doing running when I was getting to like my second year of university and that was life-changing for me it it literally made me feel so amazing. I did not know that I could feel that good. It was such a transformative time for me. I did the, um, I mean, if you're from the UK, you might know this, but the Couch to 5K Challenge, where basically it's a nine-week training program and you start off with, you know, you do three sessions of running a week and you're really slowly building up like your stamina and how long you're able to run. And it was absolutely perfect for me because I'd done basically no exercise for about 
nearly like 10 years or something and it was literally just like running for 90 seconds and then like a two minute walk break and it would be like that for half an hour and then it slowly builds you up to be able to run for half an hour which is about 5k and I absolutely love this process it the exercise made me feel so good and I'm talking about this now and I can't wait to go for a run after this podcast if you're anything like me and you do just have this like restless fidgety anxious energy and you want to get it out I feel like running is the perfect thing and you don't need to be running like 10k every day you just sometimes I will literally run for 15 minutes and that's all I need and it is it is literal medicine to me I love it if you're wondering what I'm talking about with regards to the couch to 5k running challenge thing I will see if I can put a link in the show notes but if that doesn't work somehow all you have to do is google NHS couch to 5k and I think they've got an app yeah they've got an app and somebody like narrates the runs for you so they like tell you when to run how long for they give you words of encouragement it's nice to feel like you've got somebody there on your side to just like cheer you on and be there when you know if you if you find like running hard if you find running challenging and on the app as well they do like celebrity voices so I had Sarah Milliken doing my training and that was great she's she's so funny and I enjoyed having her cheer me along other exercises I started doing during this time was swimming so I've always loved swimming when I was a kid I used to go swimming all the time I feel like it's just such a fun exercise to do and you don't feel like you're exercising that much but it is so good for you because it works all your muscles I don't actually do that as often as I would like because it's a bit of a faff going swimming I guess it's like you know you have to it takes a lot longer than it does like just going out for a run but when I do make the effort to go swimming I'm always so pleased when I have so running swimming and the third exercise that I do on a semi-regular basis is dance workouts so I feel like the home workouts that you could do on YouTube I just find them so boring and I really ha- I cannot motivate myself to do them whatsoever. Like I'll do them for five minutes and then I'll stop because I'm like, this is so boring. So I have to have something else to actually make it interesting for me and make it a bit silly, which is doing a dance workout. Now, I'm just trying to think of the instructor that I use. Let me have a look. So I use the YouTube instructor, MK Fit, and she's just like a bit silly, a bit fun, and she has a lot of variety in her dance videos for all abilities so I basically just wrote it running swimming and exercise I do unfortunately just get bored quite easily so say if I've been on a run like two or three days in a row I do get quite bored of that and then I will switch it up to doing like dancing or swimming or whatever it is I do try and do these workouts most days but realistically that that doesn't always happen so if I really can't be bothered doing that workout and I've done one the day before then I will just go for a walk usually this will be about half an hour to an hour it just can just depends like it's varying on what day it is and how much time I've got and sometimes it'll be fast paced if I just want to like get out and get my blood pumping and you know get my heart going but then sometimes it'll be a slower walk where 
I stop and look at trees for a really long time because I'm just having a good time. And sometimes I'll take my shoes and socks off and I'll feel the lovely earth beneath my feet. Now with yoga, I've gotten to this habit recently where I've just been doing about 15 to 20 minutes stretching yoga most days because what I'm starting to notice is like, you know, I have a desk job and I'm spending a lot of time sitting down. So, you know, my posture is not benefiting from that. So I am just doing those 20 minutes of stretch, 15 to 20 minutes of stretching every day of those like yoga poses. And I'll stretch like my shoulders, my hips, my back and my legs and my neck, all of the main areas. And it makes me feel so good. And what I've noticed is since I've been really consistent with it and doing it most days, I don't get any like aches or pains in like my back or my shoulders or my neck, which I do find I get more when I'm not stretching every day. What I've noticed as well is that when I do these stretches before I go to bed, I do like a little yogi session. It does just wind me down and make me feel calmer for when I'm going to sleep. And a lot of the time I will just have like I'll create a really nice atmosphere where it'll be like just candles and it'll be really quiet and it's just such a lovely way to wind down to make me feel calmer for when I go to bed because I feel like a lot of the time I get racing thoughts and it will just slow down those racing thoughts before I go to bed and when I get into bed. I know that to get a more well-rounded workout and to make sure that I'm doing everything that I should for my body I should be doing more strength training I should be doing more weights but I honestly just find it so dull and so boring that I can't make myself do it and I think that's okay I am probably going to start trying to focus on more strength based stuff at some point but right now you know I've got a lot going on and I'm just trying to focus on like moving my body getting those endorphins released and making myself feel good One really important thing that I've learned about exercise and moving my body is that I will not do something if I find it boring or if I find it really hard. I have to find something that works for me and like build my way up from there. And I'm trying not to compare myself to other people when they tell me that they're doing like harder exercises or they're doing more strength training because realistically, I think if you don't absolutely love exercise, which I have a an up and down relationship with it like I love how I feel afterwards but like initially making myself do it is quite hard so if you're not like I I absolutely love like going to the gym and exercising then I think you just have to find what works for you and you should be proud of yourself for even going out for a 20 minute walk every day so to recap on the exercise and the movement that I do every day it's yoga for 15 to 20 minutes most days but sometimes I do miss that out because of you know life just gets in the way and then I probably say I do like three to four runs slash dance workouts something that gets my heart pumping and that I'm getting I'm breaking out sweat so I can release those endorphins for I am getting myself outside for a walk on the days that I don't do you know a dance workout or I don't go for a run and it kind of works out that I am going outside every single day for either a run or a walk because I'm going to talk about this more later on in the episode but going outside is absolutely essential for my well-being my physical and mental well-being 
Okay, so moving on slightly to a different thing. After I exercise, and I've not been that good at this recently, but I used to be in such a routine of doing it, is getting a cold shower afterwards. Now, if you would have told me a few years ago, or like five years ago, that I would be getting freezing cold showers on a regular basis, I would have laughed because that would have sounded like the silliest thing in the world. Like, why on earth would I put myself through that torture? But now... I have completely changed my mindset and even though it is hard getting the cold shower it is so beneficial to me and it makes me feel so amazing afterwards or so much of the time it makes me feel amazing afterwards it's so refreshing also it goes without saying but I'm not a medical professional so if you are thinking about getting cold showers then I would strongly advise that you go to a real medical professional and ask them if it is something that will be suitable for your body because I know that they're not suitable for everybody. Now the way that I take cold showers is I will start with a warm shower because that's nice and then I will slowly bring down the temperature from warm to cold over like the space of a few minutes so I'm not like shocking myself from like warm to cold because I'm pretty sure that that's not good for you to go from like really warm to really cold especially if like you know you've not got the best like physical health and then when it gets to cold like pretty cold the coldest it can go I'll do that for a couple of minutes and it's definitely not easy but afterwards I do feel quite amazing I feel like my skin is like buzzing and I don't know it just makes me feel so alive I think that's one of the reasons I love going wild swimming because it is just like this magical like feeling that you get from swimming in the cold water it's it's amazing okay so moving on to another one of my daily self-care routines which is meditation now I've been meditating for quite a long time now I think I started my meditation journey when I was about 20 so about seven or eight years ago now I have definitely not been meditating every single day for eight years absolutely nowhere but I think that my aim over these eight years has just been cultivating a practice that I can incorporate into my daily life and I don't find it too much of a struggle don't get me wrong I I am challenging myself to do like a little bit extra sometimes but I think what's important for me is to just do something that I reasonably will do every single day so I'm going to go back to the beginning of my meditation journey to tell you how this journey has gone and how it's looked for me and what is the place that I am at now with it. So when I first started meditating, I was using the Headspace app and I was just doing like guided meditations about 10 minutes every day. And I don't think I really understood the concept of mindfulness so much. I didn't fully understand it. I did kind of get it, but my understanding of it now is so much more clearer and I really understand the point of it. I suppose when I first started meditating I did find it quite frustrating like most people do because when I first started meditating I was like why have I not got this like clarity of mind when I'm doing it and why are so many thoughts still popping into my head and I didn't feel like calmer or more relaxed afterwards or any clarity of mind but what I started to understand was that 
mindfulness and like practicing meditation is about have isn't about having no thoughts at all come into your head when you are doing the practice it's about having the thoughts but then not grabbing onto them and just kind of observing them and letting them flow past so I'm going to share this analogy about meditation and I suppose like headspace that so many mindfulness teachers use and I didn't really understand this analogy until probably like the past year or so which is kind of it's interesting because I've been meditating for about eight years and I've only fully understood this concept now and get it so simple so think of your mind as a clear blue sky and your thoughts are these like clouds and when you're experiencing you know you're feeling anxious you're overthinking there are a lot of these clouds and you can't really see the blue sky behind them but you do know that there is a blue sky behind them But when you are feeling you're not your best, you know, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed, you've got a lot of racing thoughts, there is just a lot of grey sky. Now, when you're meditating, you could have like a mixture of the blue sky, but then there's a few clouds floating past and the clouds are your thoughts. So when you're meditating, a cloud will float past, which is your thought. And then instead of kind of like grabbing onto this cloud and being like, what's going on here? You just observe that, you know, you've had this thought, which is the cloud, and you just let it float past. And what I mean by observe is not judge yourself for having that thought and grabbing onto it and questioning that thought. You just kind of let it float float past like a cloud and think, oh, okay, well, that's the thought. And it's the same with feelings as well. So your feelings will be a cloud and you'll start to feel like, I don't know, angry for some reason whilst you're meditating. And then I suppose you can get distracted by it and grab onto it and start thinking about why am I feeling angry? But I think the whole point of meditation is to just observe that feeling and let it float past. I hope that analogy made sense, but... I do fully understand that now and I realise that like thoughts and feelings are just these clouds that are floating past and you know we can kind of choose to grab onto them and judge them and be like why are they there and you know really overthink about them or you can kind of just observe and think okay yeah that's a thought that's a feeling and I'm just gonna let that be there for a moment or however long it wants to stay and then it'll float past or it'll move along and you will have a clear blue sky, a clear mind again. And the reason why I share this analogy and it is so useful is because of this thing that I learn, which I have spoken about in the podcast before, but I will mention again. And it's this concept of we are not our thoughts. Like thoughts are just something that's happening to us. They are an evolutionary, what is it? An evolutionary response So basically your brain is firing away all these thoughts at you that are like potential scenarios and situations that could happen that could potentially put you in danger just to warn you like or to get you thinking of potential things that could put you in danger basically. And so much of the time these potential scenarios, dangers do not happen like about 99% of the time. So that is what causes so many of us to overthink because our brain is trying to run us through these like potential 
situations that could happen, but like so much of the time, they're not going to happen. So I would say with my meditation practice, I've gotten into probably the best place I've ever been with it. So I practice for um, say about 10 to 20 minutes a day and I will try and do this as soon as I can, as soon as I wake up because I do actually find it hard to motivate myself to sit down and meditate because I suppose you could say it is boring in a way. You do just have to sit there and do nothing. So we'll use a combination of the Headspace app, which is an amazing app that does like so many different guided meditations, so many different voices, so much variation that you will definitely find something that is suited to you. And I recommend it so much. It's really, really good for beginners. I know that there is plenty of other apps out there, but that is just the one that I found most relatable for me because I do think that sometimes, if I'm being completely honest, I've listened to some meditations And I've just found them a bit ridiculous and I'm just like, I don't relate to this at all. And it's like just somebody like saying loads of random things to me that make no sense. And to be honest with meditation, I want silence or I want very little talking because for me, when I meditate, and one of the reasons why I do is because I just want my mind to be a bit calmer and a bit quieter. And if the whole meditation is just somebody talking all the way through it about like some random mantras then that is not me like getting that quiet time that I need. Now, another way that I meditate is sometimes I just put on a timer. I don't use any apps or anything and I will have complete silence because I've meditated so much. I understand, I have like formulated my own format, you could say, and I know how to like bring myself into a meditation. I know what to do in the middle section and then I know how to bring myself out of the meditation Another way that I meditate is I use Yoga with Adrian meditation YouTube videos. They're really good. She is such a good like meditation guidance teacher. She's such like a calm presence and I use like a variation of her videos, but what I'll do is I will leave a link for some of the ones that I use in the show notes because I find she is just such a wonderful sort of meditation yoga teacher, like I said before, and her videos are free as well, which is great. The one thing that I will say about meditation, which I have touched upon before, is it has taken me a really long time to like cultivate this mindset and this practice. And if you find that you're starting out with meditation and you're just finding it really frustrating and you don't feel like it's working, then I definitely just start out in that place. And it has taken a while for me to really understand meditation and how it works and to like cultivate this mindset of mindfulness, I guess. I definitely still have those days where I'll sit down to meditate and uh, it, it will just be like a really frustrating meditation session where I don't feel like calmer or more grounded afterwards and I've had so many thoughts and I've been like grabbing onto them but that is completely okay I don't believe that you know every meditation session that you do is going to give you that like calmer more peaceful more clear mind I think that it just it it fluctuates and some days I'll be so grateful that I have meditated But for me, it's just all about being consistent. 
and making that effort to try and do it every single day, even if it is just for 10 minutes. If you are at the beginning of your meditation journey, I would recommend starting off like so, so, so small and building your way up gradually because you don't need to like sit down for 20 minutes on your first time because truthfully if you do go in to meditation with like oh well I want to meditate 20 minutes every day I want to meditate half an hour meditate half an hour every day then you definitely won't stick to it because meditation can be a bit frustrating and a bit boring at first or for for a long time and it's not something that comes natural to many of us so you could even start out with just doing one minute and really praising yourself for that because what's really important I think is that if you have taken out that minute of the day and you've made that effort to sit down and try and help yourself have like a a calmer, clearer state of mind, then you should be really proud of yourself because you have made that conscious effort even if it is just to sit down for one minute to help yourself. Following on from talking about meditation, I wanted to talk about how I've been able to cultivate this mindset of being mindful in a lot of the things that I do throughout the day. So something that helps me feel calm and grounded throughout the day is taking like lots of little moments to be present and to be mindful. Because I think unfortunately, the modern world has been built so that everything is really fast paced and we're not really present in a lot of the things that we do anymore and therefore a lot of us or I do anyway I have to make sure that I'm taking lots of little small moments throughout the day to make sure that I'm grounded and I'm present and I'm being mindful in what I do instead of just going through the motions being on autopilot because I found that when I am just going through the motions of being on autopilot I do just feel so much more anxious and my mind is very scrabbled, let's call it. So I'm going to give you some examples of these little small moments of mindfulness that I try and do throughout the day. And the first one is when I'm having breakfast. For me, I like to really focus on the sensations of when I'm eating my breakfast, when I'm drinking that first coffee of the day, because it actually makes it so much more enjoyable. So I'll make sure to make myself a really nice coffee and a lovely breakfast so that I am really enjoying the sensations that it is giving me when I am eating and drinking my breakfast. And I'll just basically use all of my senses to make me feel grounded and present in that moment. Like, how does the coffee smell? How does it taste? Am I hearing the birds outside? Um, How does, what is the sensation when I am tasting the food? Another mindful moment that I like to have that's usually a daily occurrence for me is when I'm on my lunch break at work. So usually I'll try and like go to the park on my lunch or I'll try and go somewhere where I can see some nature and I'll go for a walk, but I'll stop for a moment. And again, I'll think about all of my senses. I'll think about hearing the birds and how that's making me feel. And, you know, I'll maybe like touch a tree to get like a sensory experience And I'm just taking that moment to really ground myself in nature and it makes me feel calmer and it just slows me down because, you know, like I was saying before, I feel like a lot of the time in the modern world, especially in like corporate jobs, it is just all about like 
being really fast-paced and getting things done as quickly as possible and like not being present so that can can sort of spill over to other parts of your life something that I have noticed when I am trying to carve out these moments of mindfulness throughout the day is that a lot of them are nature-based so to bring me into the present moment and to make me feel grounded I do just look to nature wherever I can see it so outside of my desk at work I'll see a tree and in the last office that I was working in there was this lovely tree outside of my desk and it was raining quite a lot on my first few days that I was there and to make me feel like calm and grounded and present I would look at this tree and I would just look at how beautiful the raindrops were on the tree and listen to that noise and smell the smell of the rain when I open the window and that really helped me feel calm and grounded and present. So if you're thinking, oh, well, I don't really know when to have these like mindful moments, I would suggest using nature as a guide to help you have these moments because nature is very good at helping us feel calm and grounded because I've learned about this so much recently, but nature is never in a rush to do things. It does things at its whatever pace it feels like. I suppose the comparison that I'm making is that human beings have found these ways of like multitasking and doing things as quickly as possible for productivity, but we don't really do things at the natural pace that we're supposed to. Whereas nature is such a good reminder of the fact that actually we can do things a lot slower and we can do things that are much more like normal pace. It has become apparent to me in my life recently that I want to create a life that is a lot more in tune with nature and it's a lot more seasonal and it's just a lot more in tune with our natural rhythms because I think that we've become so far removed from our natural way of being and it is making us all so unwell. You know, a a very good example of this, the past couple of weeks, you know, when I had all that time off because I just felt like the modern workforce puts a lot of pressure on us to be really productive and do things at a pace that is not natural to us. Okay, I feel like I went on a bit of a tangent then, but what I'm trying to say is that having these few little moments of mindfulness does just make me feel a lot more calm and grounded throughout the day and therefore makes me feel less anxious and makes me feel like my mental well-being is balanced. If you find it hard to have these mindful moments then I would suggest giving yourself a bit of a structure like not too much of a structure but maybe just try and have like three a day so one in the morning, one in the afternoon and one at night and the more you practice it the easier it becomes and I found myself now naturally seeking these moments so I don't need to structure it throughout the day I'll just find myself thinking okay now feels like a good moment because I'm enjoying the sensory experience I'm having right now so this is just a good moment to have a mindful moment okay moving on to the next thing that I wanted to talk about which is journaling so I feel that with journaling I have been doing it for a very long time and I really love it and it's very therapeutic to me. It is such an emotional outlet and therefore 
this doesn't feel so much like a chore. I mean, the other things don't feel like a chore, but I definitely have to make an effort to do them. Whereas journaling, I actually look forward to doing it. And if I'm feeling like I'm in a bit of a rage that day about something, I'm like, I can't wait to journal later about whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> so with journaling, I don't have a structure when it comes to it because... I just don't feel like I need a structure. What I generally do is I'll talk about my day. I'll talk about how it went. I'll talk about if there's anything bothering me at the moment. And the more I've journaled, the more I've become, how can I say this, unfiltered. So I think, you know, a few years ago, I would be slightly more bothered about thinking, oh, but what if somebody reads this one day? But now I'm of the mindset that journaling is supposed to be an emotional outlet for me and I don't want it to be censored in any way. I don't go into it thinking, okay, well, I need to be like rational and logical in what I'm saying. I'll go into it with letting out whatever thoughts and feelings I'm having at that moment and that it will, I will not hold back, put it that way. And sometimes, or a lot of the time, I look back at it and I think, wow, I was really going through it then. But it was so therapeutic for me to be able to just say whatever I'm feeling, no matter how ridiculous it does feel, because I am letting go of, you know, that feeling or that thought in writing it down. I do think a lot of the time when I'm experiencing something that I am not enjoying or I don't like or it's like a frustration in my life, I don't always have the answer but being able to let out my feelings in some way and just talk about what's bothering me provides an outlet and it provides me some relief. However, there are other times when I'll journal about something And I'll talk about what my problem is. I'll talk about what's upsetting me. And then afterwards, I kind of give myself advice. So I'll say, okay, these are the reasons why you don't need to worry about that. Or this is why this is okay. I'm going to give you an example, actually. Hold on. Okay, so this was a few weeks ago when I was in the pits of my despair. And I was questioning a lot of the life choices that I was making. So I said... I'm so overwhelmed. I'm looking at outdoors apprenticeships and I'm questioning all the choices that I've made in my life. And then there's just this long list of like, should I have done this? Should I have done that? I'm regretting not doing this. I'm regretting not doing that. Should I sack off applying for jobs altogether and retrain to do something? And then I wrote in capital letters, calm down. You're going to feel all muddled and confused right now. And you may be questioning your choices, but listen, you are going to make mistakes. I've written mistakes in quotation marks because I don't really believe in mistakes as such. I just believe that you try things and you see how they works. Anyway, back to the journal entry. The only way you know if something is right for you is if you try it and that means something may not work out. It is much better to try, experiment, explore and things not work out than stay still and wonder what if. Hindsight is a great thing, but when you make a choice, a change, whatever it is you've made, Whatever it is, you make the best decision with the information you have at the time. Don't beat yourself up or be annoyed with yourself if it turns out not the way that you expected and it turns out it wasn't the best decision. Your confusion and lost feelings are a rite of passage. It's so normal to feel like this. Deep breath, go outside, go for a walk and stick to your plan. So that was me basically venting completely unfiltered 
And I suppose what I'm trying to say is that looking back at that journal entry, the first part where I was questioning all my life choices, that wasn't me thinking with my rational mind, but that was all of my overthinking thoughts and I wanted to just get them down and then I gave myself some really sound advice and looking back on it in the first part of the journal entry I don't actually question my life choices so much anymore I am in more of a rational mindset where I believe the second part of the journal entry however I do think that for me it is therapeutic to just write down whatever I am thinking or feeling regardless of whether it is actually what I think or feel or whether it is rational or not if that makes any sense. So overall I would say that majority of the time my journaling is quite unstructured but occasionally I do have a bit of time where I do answer structured questions. So I have shared some journal prompts on here before that give me a bit of structure to maybe something that I'm trying to figure out or I'm trying to do a bit of self-exploration about. One last thing I will say about journaling is that I just can't say enough how amazing it is and how much it helps me with my mental well-being and how much of an emotional and a creative outlet it is for me. I would be so lost without it and to me it is like a necessity and I can feel when I've not done it in a few days I feel this like oh I'm my brain feels quite full and scrambly and I need to let out all my thoughts and my feelings through my journal so if you have a lot of thoughts and feelings and emotions and you feel like you need somewhere to express that but in an unfiltered way you need to journal basically because it is a perfect outlet for all of those things and it may feel a bit daunting at first because you're like I have no idea what to write about but honestly it's so free and you can write whatever you want whatever unhinged thoughts come to your head you can write them down because it's your journal and it's just all about you having an outlet. Following on from journaling I do write my gratitude in my journal every day. So I like to write one to three gratitudes every single day or most days about just small little things I'm grateful for. And this really helps me appreciate and be grateful for the life that I have. And I think it's a nice little reminder of all the small little moments that I've enjoyed, but I probably would have forgotten about if I didn't write them down. So I find that with gratitudes, The way that it works for me is I write down really small specific things that I've experienced through the day and I'll talk about them in a sensory way. So for example, you know, using nature, I'll say that I really enjoyed being in the woods today. The colours of the trees were beautiful. I loved the soft feeling of the ground underneath me. I loved the smell of the earth. I loved the way the birds sing. Or for example, I'll say I really enjoyed going to see an exhibition with my sister because I enjoyed, I suppose, the visual of the art that I was seeing. I find that writing one to three is enough for me. I know a lot of people in the spirituality and well-being world would probably write more than that but I've tried before to write down you know like five or ten and it is way too much it's just it's not that I'm grateful 
I'm not, I'm not not grateful for the things that are happening, you know, in my day to day life, but I don't know what it is. It's just too much trying to write more than three. One thing that I found with gratitude that does not work for me is writing very generic ones. So for example, I'm grateful that I have a house. Like, yes, I am so grateful that I have a house that I can live in and I can feel safe and I can feel warm. But for some reason, it's just too vague and it doesn't hit home for me. Okay, moving on to a slightly different topic, which is screen time and technology. Now, this is something I'm actually really struggling with at the moment because... As you can imagine, I have been feeling quite up and down with having time off work and I have been feeling a lot of waves of anxiety and just general like emotional overwhelm. So I have been distracting myself with watching like quite a lot of YouTube videos and TV um, just to like make myself, myself feel like comfortable and make myself feel safe when I am feeling anxious. But when I am feeling you know, let's say normal and my emotions aren't really heightened and I'm not super anxious then. In general, I am trying to reduce my screen time and I am trying to reduce like my time that I'm spending on apps and social media because I don't really feel like I need to go into the reasons why. But, you know, for me personally, I do just feel like more anxious and more, I suppose you could say frazzled when I'm spending more time on my screens and specifically spending time on social media. So the way that I try and do this is I'll just have 10 minutes a day to scroll on social media so I can look at pages that I like and get inspiration for like my own TikTok videos, you know, see if there's any trends that I fancy doing. Sometimes I will have complete days off it where I don't go in at all because I don't know, I'm quite in tune with my body and my mind and sometimes I'm like, oh, I could just do with a full day of not going to social media at all because I'm quite sensitive and even when I have just a little bit of time on it you know I have more than my 10 minutes it does make me feel more anxious and like not very calm and not very grounded. Another thing that I do which is so important to me and I'm really actually very proud of myself for getting into this habit is I very 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 rarely look or go on my phone for the first few hours of the day, like two to three hours, specifically social media. So I won't go on any of like my social apps or like messengers or WhatsApp or emails or anything for the first two to three hours of the day because, well, I suppose there's a few reasons why. And the first reason is I want to start my day in a slow, calm manner. Whereas if I go on social media first thing, and like I'm watching the news and I'm just generally getting quite overstimulated and everything is really fast paced and that sets the tone for my day. Another thing that I've noticed and there's definitely scientific research behind this but I don't know how to phrase this exactly but when you get that really big rush of dopamine in a morning when you're going on social media it definitely affects your mood for the rest of the day and I've noticed so much that if I've gone on social media first thing on the morning then it affects my mood for the rest of the day. It's like I can't experience that much happiness after that if that makes any sense. I definitely struggle with my relationship with my phone and social media and it is not perfect at all. Some days when I'm feeling really rubbish and I just want to distract myself from how I'm feeling I will sometimes binge social media so yeah I just don't want you to think that I'm perfect because I'm not at all. I feel like that's all I'm going to say about technology and social media because 
I don't think I need to talk about it in any further detail because we all understand the effects that it has on us. Okay, moving on to something slightly different, which is scheduling joy and fun in my life and making sure that I'm doing activities, activities that reignite that inner child within me. Something that I've found and I have spoken about before on the podcast is that when I was going through that period of quite bad anxiety a few years ago, I just wasn't really experiencing that much joy and fun on a day-to-day basis. I wasn't doing anything that was making me happy really. I was just kind of going through the motions of what needed to be done to you know, be an adult and function and live life. And I was kind of on autopilot, but now I make such a conscious effort to be like, okay, what is it today that I'm going to do that just makes me happy that I just want to do because it's fun and it's silly and it connects me to that inner child inside me. So this could be things like creative journaling or doing something crafty. I could do some crocheting. I could, when I do my dance workouts, they're quite fun and silly and they bring me back to like being like my childlike self again or spending time in nature. That's a really good one. That is something that obviously does have a lot of benefits, but I do it because I just enjoy it and it's fun and it brings out that inner child in me. So I have mentioned that at the moment I'm not enjoying my job so much. And I think for me right now, I'm like, I'm making an extra effort to make sure that I'm carving out some time to spark joy and have fun each day because I don't just want to go to work all day and not have a great time and then come home and then be like, "Mm, I'm just going to like do my washing and make tea and not do anything that makes me happy because that makes me feel like I'm slipping into old habits where I am just on autopilot and I'm just trying to get through the day and do all the things that I have to do to be an adult. So for example, I am going to do some baking next week, I think, because I love baking. It's so fun and it makes me happy and it brings me joy. And There's no real point to it. It's just doing something for the sake of doing it. Now for this next topic, I am going to give a trigger warning because I am going to be talking about food. I'm not going to be going into loads of detail and talking about loads of diets or anything, but I am going to be talking a little bit about food and that how I navigate my relationship around that. So if that's something that triggers you, then this is just a warning now. So there is one other thing that I do consider when I'm thinking about how to look after my mental and physical well-being and I do kind of consider it self-care as well and that is thinking about what I'm eating and what I'm putting into my body. I'm not going to go too much into this topic but I am going to mention it because it is something that I do think about and it is something that affects my mood and it affects how I feel physically. So I suppose with eating, my approach, and I feel like most people, it is quite balanced and I try to eat everything in moderation, basically. It's not exactly what I do all the time. I definitely have like ups and downs with it, but that is generally what I try and do. I try to have a varied diet so that I can try and eat as many nutrients as possible so I eat lots of different fruits and veggies and lots of different sources of protein I am vegetarian so that does consist of like lentils and chickpeas and beans and I try to eat lots of different healthy fats as well like avocados and nuts 
I also do let myself have a little sweet treat every day because that's just what makes life worth living, to be honest, having that little bit of chalky every day. And maybe I shouldn't be eating sugar every day, but what I found is that when I've restricted myself and been like, you are not allowed to have any sweet treats or any sugar, you're only allowed to have one little sweet treat a week, that is when, you know, I would get to the end of the week and then I would just binge loads of chocolate and crisps and I might as well have just had a little bit every day so it was more balanced than binge loads because I'm craving it so much. My diet and my relationship to food is definitely not perfect but I would say that I'm probably in the best place that I've ever been with it and I basically just strive to get as many nutrients as I can, eat lots of varying foods and yeah just just be balanced. I do find that what I am putting into my body definitely affects like my mood and it affects my physical well-being as well you know when I'm eating foods that have like lots of nutrients in them and they make me feel like energized then I've got the energy to do the things that I want to do and to do the things that I love and for work and also it's like having that brain energy as well I feel like when I'm eating foods that don't make me feel that great then I don't have a lot of mental energy to you know for work or to do the things that I love. Okay so I'm going to finish up talking about food because I don't have too much to say apart from that and I feel like I am coming to the end of the episode but there was one more thing that I wanted to do before I finish the episode which is I'm going to be sharing some answers that I put out on an Instagram sticker and the question was how do you practice self-care? So my first response is relax at home, not go anywhere, recharge, cook, run, travel. Yeah totally relate to all those. I feel like as an introvert I need to have time to relax at home and not do anything and recharge because that is where I feel like fully relaxed and that is my safe space. My next response was long slow runs in the woods love that yeah I totally relate to that I love walking in the woods running in the woods and it's just such a nice experience to like run in the woods versus running in uh, on the pavement or just on the roads my next response was I take a lot of baths I go cold water swimming and I've recently gone sober I've been thinking recently what is it about hot water cold water that just makes us all feel so happy it seems to be the solution for a lot of our problems and so many of us use water as like a means of making us happy or for self-care I had to look up the science behind it because I was interested but apparently water triggers our parasympathetic nervous system which is responsible for the body's rest and digest response. In this state, your heart rate and your blood pressure lowers, your digestion is stimulated and your body is able to relax. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I find the response about going sober quite interesting because I've definitely spoken about this before, but my relationship to alcohol has changed so much in the past couple of years and I am so much happier for it and have a, a much more balanced relationship with it. However, I am very curious about going sober for a block of time, you know, say like six months to a year, just to see how it would feel. I wonder if after a while I would feel like I wouldn't need it anymore because I would just get used to like socialising without it and I wouldn't be using it as kind of... um 
a way to let off steam all over my social media and you know people that I've spoken to in real life a couple of my friends have been changing their relationship with alcohol and they've been going like sober or just having a block of time where they're not drinking and they've seen like the most wonderful results and they're so much happier for it and I am really enjoying this like shift in society that I'm seeing because especially as a British person because I feel like I've been brought up in a society where I've been told that alcohol is kind of the centre of our lives and it's the focus of our attention, it's the answer to a lot of our problems. But as I've, you know, investigated and examined my own relationship with it, I've realised that that isn't the case for me and I don't want alcohol to, like, be the centre of my life. I don't want it to be the focus of my attention. I don't want it to be one of the only ways that I can find happiness or I can let off steam. Another thing about alcohol as well is that I found since I've been examining my relationship with it, I've realised that it is a massive social crutch. And sadly, there were some points in my life where I felt like it was really hard to socialise without drinking. And when I had that experience of like being so uncomfortable when I was socialising without drinking alcohol, it made me think I actually really want to change that because if I'm being completely honest with myself, that's quite an unhealthy coping mechanism for social anxiety and even though it is quite normalized I don't want that to be how I live my life. So going back to originally what this person said I do think that going sober is a very liberating act of self-care for so many people and I respect it so much and I think it's so amazing and at some point, maybe some point soon, I am going to try and go sober for a little while just to see what my life would be like without alcohol in it completely. Moving on to my next response, which was cooking myself a good meal. I see this as an act of self-care as well. I found that, you know, when I take the time to make myself like a really nice, delicious, nutritious meal that makes me feel happy. It's saying to myself like I am worthy of taking out that time to cook something really nice for myself. I am like deserving. There are more responses but I don't think that I will have time to read them out because I'm having a look at the time and I have gone over on this episode quite a lot and I'm really grateful if you're still here listening after an hour. So I'm going to leave you with these two ending messages. And the first one is, I suppose, less of a message. It's more of a tip when it comes to self-care. Now, over my past eight or nine years of this journey of figuring out how to do like my own self-care, I found this one thing really useful. And that is the thing that you find the hardest, you know, whether it's like you know, you just find it boring or you just find it hard to sit down and do that thing that you know will help you. You need to make sure that that is your priority and that is the first thing that you do that day before anything else. And the reason why I say this is because my sister gave me this really good piece of advice a very long time ago and it has stuck with me and it is a piece of life wisdom. It is so simple, yet it has made my life so much better and it is... The thing that you're avoiding and the thing that you don't want to do is the thing that you need to get done first. 
Because even though it is hard to initially push yourself to do that thing, whether that's like a 10 minute meditation or to journal for five minutes, you'll be so relieved and so happy with yourself once you have done it. And then you've got the rest of the day to do all the other things that you actually want to do more. Speaking from experience, when I have put that thing on the bottom of my to-do list, then I rarely actually get it done because once I've done all the other things, I've not got a lot of energy or motivation to do the thing that I actually don't really want to do and that I'm avoiding and therefore I won't end up doing it. So with me, this looks like every morning or most mornings, I will prioritise meditating because even though I do love meditating, I still do find it, I suppose, a little bit boring and... I do avoid it a little bit because it's not easy to just sit down and be with your own thoughts for 10 to 20 minutes a day. But I've gotten into quite a good habit recently where as soon as I wake up, you know, I go to the toilet and then have a drink of water and I will sit down and I'll meditate. And then once I have meditated, I am so happy with myself. I'm so pleased with myself. I'm so relieved that that one thing is done. And What this has taught me is discipline when it comes to self-care because I know that so many of us don't find self-care easy a lot of the time and it does actually require effort and it does require motivation and so many of us can procrastinate when it comes to it. It is so understandable and it is just human nature to avoid the thing that we don't want to do. But also I think that for me to get to this place of feeling you know happy within myself and feeling contented I don't always think that it's easy and you do have to have some like discipline and sometimes you have to push yourself to do the things that you don't want to do but you know that in the long term it's going to make you feel really good and you are going to potentially reap a lot of benefits from having a little bit of discipline and pushing yourself to do something that you don't necessarily want to do. It is so simple, yet it is quite life-changing. And I do apply this to a lot of other areas of my life. So, for example, a lot of the time, this is kind of random, but I avoid messaging people and texting people because I find it uncomfortable because I have social anxiety. But in that moment when I'm like, "Mm, I really need to message this person back, I will just do it in the moment because I'm like, otherwise I will just avoid it and then I'll be carrying these uncomfortable feelings. And then as soon as I've, as soon as I've messaged that person back or I've called them or I've got in contact them contact with them for whatever reason it is, I'll be so relieved. You just have to think of that moment where you're like feeling that relief from tackling that thing that you've been avoiding. So moving on to the second last thing that I wanted to say, and that is that what I've learned over the past eight or nine years is that with self-care and looking after yourself trying to look after your well-being it's all about being consistent and you know sometimes if you do miss a day that is absolutely fine and there's no point being really harsh on yourself and being really annoyed with yourself sometimes it is going to happen because life is very busy life gets in the way we all have a lot of things that we're trying to juggle and there's no point being unkind to yourself. So the way that I try and see it is I try and look at things from a bigger pers- perspective. So for example, say I look at the the week as a whole and I can see that I've meditated 
you know, five out of the seven days. That is absolutely amazing. I should be so proud of myself. And that is what I want to focus on rather than thinking about the one day that I didn't do it. It's all just about being consistent. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed that episode. That was a very long one. If you have stayed for the full hour and 10 minutes, then I really appreciate you. And thank you for taking your precious time and energy to listen to what I have to say. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will see you for next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm new to this world of podcasting, generally putting myself out there on social media. So if you have any comments, feedback or questions, please contact me on my socials, Instagram and TikTok. So my handle is evegiovanna underscore, that's E-V-E-G-I-O-V-A-N-N-A underscore. And if you found value or enjoyed this episode, I would be grateful if you shared this with a friend or left a review.